This, this is the Second Second Story Podcast. Welcome back to the Second Story Podcast. I'm Amanda Delheimer, Second Story's Artistic Director. The holiday season is upon us, my friends, and this means different things for different people. For some of us, the holidays are a joyous season, something we look forward to each year. And for some of us, it's a season of great loneliness or a time when we're reminded of someone that we've lost. When we create lineups for our shows, we always try to come at whatever the theme is from a multiplicity of angles. So today, we feature a story from our holiday show in 2016, a story about living in a holly jolly world as a person who doesn't celebrate Christmas. Recorded live at the Steppenwolf Theater, Second Story presents Darren Myers. Season's greetings. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. When people speak these phrases to you, you kind of have to respond. You're kind of supposed to say it back. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Or Merry Christmas to you as well. If you don't, you are a Grinch. Just like that. There is no middle ground. You're either a stick in the mud or you're not. Now who in their right minds actually wants to be an unfriendly person that doesn't want other people to enjoy themselves? Anybody want to be a Grinch today? Me neither. I remember the first time I was called a Grinch. I was five. <laughs> I started kindergarten in San Jose, California. My teacher's name was Miss D. My kindergarten class was very diverse. Now, at age five, you don't realize you are different until it's pointed out to you by your peers, or worse, adults. In kindergarten, we had coloring time. We had recess, and we had story time. That's always been my favorite. My classmates and I would gather sitting on the floor Miss D would sit in a chair and read to us. The stories would usually start out, once upon a time. Then Miss D with her charismatic narration would take us into the worlds of Jack and the Beanstalk, Little Red Riding Hood, the Three Little Pigs and more. For me, story time was awesome. One day, things changed a bit. After lunch and recess on this particular day, Miss D announced, it was story time. I was like, yes! <laughs> I made sure to get a spot on the floor right in front of Miss D's story chair. Just before she began to read, Miss D looked down at me specifically and said, I'm sorry, Darren, you aren't allowed to hear this story. I looked around, I was like, why not? She didn't answer. She grabbed a box of crayons and a coloring book. She told me to follow her. We got just outside the classroom door. She told me to take a seat against the wall. She handed me the box of crayons and coloring book. She stepped back into the class and shut the door, leaving me alone in the hallway. Now, I thought to myself, she usually puts kids out here when they're in trouble. What did I do? And if I am in trouble, why she leave me a coloring book? Why can't I hear the story? 
I pressed my ear to the classroom door and I listened. I didn't hear everything, but I heard enough. Miss D, with her great oratorical voice, began to read. This story didn't start out once upon a time like the others. This one began like this. Twas the day before Christmas. Did you know that there are a lot of religions nationwide that do not celebrate Christmas? That's why I was put in the hallway. The next day, during lunchtime, my friend Freddie asked me what I was going to ask Santa Claus to bring me for Christmas. I was like, who? <laughs> he filled me in on the story I missed the day before. He told me about a deer with a red shiny nose. And now him and his dear friends fly Santa through the night sky, from rooftop to rooftop on Christmas Eve to deliver toys to all the well-behaved kids in the world. I was like, that's a cool story. But I think I like the Jack and the Beanstalk story better. To which he replied, no man, Miss D said Santa and Rudolph are real. I replied, yeah, they're just as real as the giant and the beanstalk. I was sent home early. Apparently, my mom got a call while she was at work from the principal. He told her I was upsetting the kids and she needed to come and get me. That was one confusing ride home. I asked my mother. I said, Mom, there is no Santa, right? She goes, no, Darren, there isn't. I go, well, does Miss D know that? <laughs> she goes, yes. She sure does. I couldn't understand why I was being sent home. I told the truth. For the rest of that school year, I was known as the Grinch by my peers. In grammar school, while the rest of the class was inside singing jingle bells, I spent the jolly season in the hallway. I wasn't always out there alone. Every now and then, there'd be a kid a few classrooms down the hall who didn't celebrate Christmas either. There would also be times when a kid or two would be put out into the hallway with me because they were in trouble. Well, you know how the saying goes. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. If there were enough of us kicked out of the candy cane circle, we'd have ourselves a second recess right there in the hallway. We play four square, uno. Or we line up a bunch of empty milk cartons and have us a game of indoor bowling. Middle school and high school weren't as big of a challenge for me during the holiday season. There was no singing and no Santa stories. And nobody really believed in Santa and Rudolph anymore. But folks were still very serious about their Christmas. When I was 14, I worked in a shopping mall. On Black Friday, I watched two grown men get into a fist fight over a Tickle Me Elmo. After high school, I attended a liberal arts college. By the time I graduated, I no longer considered myself to be religious at all. This is where, once again, things get a bit confusing. Just because I have no religious affiliations anymore, and even though there's no longer anything stopping me, I just don't really feel the desire to put up Christmas lights in December. My first serious relationship was with a girl I graduated college with. I was in love. 
She was the first person I ever bought a Christmas present for. I was 22. I got her a necklace, a gold necklace and a specially made charm that said determined. The gift she got me was super awesome. I unwrapped a bar sign, not just any bar sign. This was a throwback, 1970s Billy D. Williams Colt 45 light up sign. <laughs> Wicked. <laughs> she wanted me to meet her family. When was the most opportune time to make that happen? You guessed it, Christmas. <laughs> she was from one of those small towns I had never heard of. I stepped into her grandparents' living room. All eyes were on me. I was like a raisin in a bowl of sugar. <laughs> the house was very festive. I'm talking a huge Christmas tree, a lot of lights. I'm not gonna lie, I was nervous. I went around the room and I introduced myself to everyone I saw. Every individual I approached seemed to extend their hand with a smile. There was one guy, however, who didn't. As I walked over to this man sitting in a lazy boy, I noticed he wasn't smiling. As I got closer, he looked at me and he goes, Uncle Tom. I was like, wait, what? He goes, Uncle Tom. I was like, excuse me? He goes, Uncle Tom. I'm her Uncle Tom. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, got you. Nice to meet you. I got through the rest of the night, all right. But the rest of the evening, however, I found myself wondering, of all the people I met that evening, whose smile and greeting was actually sincere? And whose wasn't? Of course, there was no way for me to tell. Because from what I've observed over the years, when it's obvious things are not OK, people will pretend they are, especially on Christmas. When I made it back home, I had an envelope in the mail. It was from my job. Now, it wasn't payday. Inside was a Christmas card and a check. The card said, Darren, thanks for all of your hard work this year. Merry Christmas. I was like, well, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I have never owned a Christmas tree. I don't know if I ever will. But I certainly won't knock anyone else's. In fact, if you were to see me passing by and you were to say, Merry Christmas, honestly, I'd probably say it back. Even if you catch me on one of those days where I'm just totally against the grain, I'll say, why, thank you. And peace and love to you and yours, always. Now, if that makes me a Grinch, so be it. This story was curated by Amanda Delheimer, directed by Lexi Saunders, with music and sound design by Mike Prisgoda and the Prismatics. 
second story is supported by the MacArthur Fund for Art and Culture at the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, a city arts grant from the City of Chicago Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, the Chicago Community Trust, the Arts and Business Council of Chicago, the Illinois Arts Council Agency, the Arts Work Fund, and many generous individuals like you. I'm Amanda Delheimer, and this, this is the Second, second Story Podcast.